Okay, so this week we are continuing our series of Life in the Spirit from Romans chapter 8. And for those of you that were with us in 2018, this series accompanies the teaching that we did uh, on the person of the Holy Spirit. So today we are on week five. In week one, we looked at a life of freedom in the Spirit, that a life lived in Jesus released us from the law of sin and death into a new life. In week two, we looked at a life of contrast in the Spirit, differing our selfish ambitions to putting God's ambitions first. Week three, we did a life of purpose in the Spirit, and we looked at where, when, who, and how does he lead, ultimately concluding that really we need to be willing to be led. Week four, which was last week, we looked at a life of identity, and Mark gave us a whistle-stop tour of life lived in the past, the present, and the future. From Romans 8.15, so you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. So this week, if I could have the first slide, please, we are looking at a life of hope in the spirit. Now, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, and I'm going straight to my last slide. Not, I'm afraid that means you're going to get out of a sermon. Um, but there's a verse that's been coming to me for about the last couple of weeks. Uh, and the verse says, where does my help come from? But when I've been getting that verse, what I've been hearing is, where does my hope come from? In fact, I actually had to look it up because I had convinced myself that it actually said, where does my hope come from? And it doesn't. But this morning, I wonder if you might indulge me and ask yourselves, as we study this together, ask yourselves that question, where does my hope come from? Let's just give this to the Lord. Father God, oh, how you love us. You laid down everything for us. And thank you that you place hope in our lives. You give us a hope and a future. So would you speak to us this morning about that? That would we leave this place full of your hope? Amen. Okay, so Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 25. Now I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It's entitled, The Future Glory. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. 
For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this new hope when we were saved. If we, were, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Now, is it possible to have the video, or have I really messed you up, Harry? Hello, everyone. Life in the Spirit brings us hope for the future. I recently heard the testimony of one of our friends from Bethel. He shared how he served an extended period of time in one of England's most notorious prisons. As he went through the imposing entrance, above he read the words taken from Dante's hell, lay down all hope, you who go in, by me. Thankfully, he found hope in Jesus. In Pilgrim's Progress, it is hopeful who comforts Christian in Doubting Castle. Today, we will hear about the amazing truth that as Jesus' followers, we can live a life of supernatural hope. Have a great, great day. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Thank you, Stuart. Now, if you're expecting a line-by-line exposition of Romans 8 and all of those verses, I just want to manage your expectations this morning. I'm not going to be delivering a line-by-line exposition of this. There is an awful lot of stuff in there. What we're going to focus on particularly this morning is the verses in particular around hope. Now, it was interesting when I uh, watched the video um, for myself, because you can watch it earlier. I don't know if I got a word of knowledge from God, but I'm I'm going to step out and, and share it. And I'm not looking for someone to own this in front of everyone. But if this is for you this morning, then just come and see someone afterwards. I had a sense God said, there are people who are in prison who are freer than someone who is sitting here this morning. There is somebody in prison who is freer than someone who's sitting here this morning. Now, if that's for you, just come and see someone afterwards and we'd love to pray for you.
Okay. So, hope. A dictionary definition of hope says, a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. Notice there, it's to happen. It talks about the future. The word hope that Paul uses in this letter to the Romans is written in Greek. And he uses the word elpis. And it's used 35 times in the New Testament. It's defined as an absolute feeling of certainty based upon an objective truth. Its root is from the word elpo, which is to anticipate usually with pleasure. So this isn't an Eeyore expression of hope. I hope you all know who Eeyore is. It's not, oh, well, I suppose it might happen. No, this isn't a hope that is miserable. It's not a kind of a defeated hope. It's a hope that's looking forward to something with pleasure, with anticipation. Dare I say it's like a Tigger type of hope. Yeah, absolutely. When I first became a Christian... Um, I was quite embarrassing, I'm not afraid to say. Um, I was actually nicknamed Tigger by uh, my pastor at the time. Um, And the reason being is I simply bounced over everybody. And the first question usually out of my mouth was, are you saved? Um, Yeah, (laughs) it was interesting times. Put simply, and I really love this. Faith is believing God can. Hope is expecting God will. Thanks, Susie. I'm going to repeat that because it really spoke to me this week. Faith is believing God can. Hope is expecting God will. Now, quite often I'm full of faith. I absolutely believe God can. But when I looked at this word this week, what I actually discovered is I'm not sure God always will. And that's really challenged me. That's really challenged me. And that is one of the pleasures and privileges of actually preaching is you have to preach to yourself first. You have to think about what it is you're going to bring and what does it mean to me. And it was a tough word. I had an emotional connect group because we actually looked at this. We had a happy accident. We were looking at this this week. So we're going to look at three points this morning as we explore this together. One, we're going to have the security of hope. Two, the seeds of hope. And three, the harvest of hope. So if we could go on to the first side, please, Harry. This should be the security of hope. Now, for anyone who's studied the New Testament, who's anyone who's read about Paul, will know that he lived a life of security, certainty, and confidence. Why is that? Because his security, his hope, were firmly founded in Jesus How do we know that? In Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, Paul wrote this, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die 
is gain. Wow. To live is Christ and to die is gain. There is someone who fundamentally understood that the best is yet to come. It's not what happens in the here and now. The best is yet to come. I wonder if we could repeat his words. So verse 18 says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. So for Paul, his eyes were not fixed on the here and now. His eyes were fixed on a future full of Jesus. In Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, he explains that further. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of just dreadful things that he experienced in his life, there was a man who truly lived out every day his hope in a future of Jesus. I don't know where you are this morning, but Jesus famously tells us in John 16.33, in this world you will have trouble. Or as the NLT puts it, you will have many trials and sorrows. I don't know. Are you going through trials? Are you going through sorrows? Are you facing trouble? But that verse concludes with, but take heart, because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. When we have our eyes fixed on him, it doesn't take away the pains. It doesn't take away the troubles of the here and now. But it gives us a confidence to live through them. It's a confidence to know that he will be with us and he will walk through us every step of those. I can't promise you today that your troubles will cease in this world. But I can promise you that if you're walking with him, he will be with you every step of the way. And that a glorious future, a glorious future awaits us in heaven. This security... This hope, this certainty and confidence is ours because of what Jesus did for us. That life lived in the Spirit, every day walking with him, gives us that security. Next slide, please. The seeds of hope. Do we have any gardeners here, please? Okay, Fantastic. Can I say, I think you are probably some of the most hopeful people on the planet. Why do I say that? 
because you get a pot of earth or a pot of mud. You take generally some tiny little very unattractive seed and you put it, you bury it under that soil. And then what do you do next? You have hope. You exercise hope that this seed is going to turn into what it promised on the packet. Absolutely. You plant it with the end in mind. Whether it's flowers or fruit, that's what your eyes are fixed on. Not the compost, not the dirty earth. Your eyes are fixed on what's going to come out of that. And that's what the Holy Spirit can do for us when those seeds of hope are placed in our hearts. Verse 19 says, For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day. So as gardeners are waiting eagerly for that fruit, for that crop, what Jesus is saying to us, what Paul is saying to us, is to wait eagerly for that future that he has promised us. Can I encourage you this morning that if you're looking at that brown compost and you can't see anything, and maybe that's a bit like in our lives, we're looking at a life of just brown compost, then I want to say to you, Jesus, has, Jesus is giving you hope. Put your hope in him. And he will bring about a glorious future for you. Next slide, please, Harry. Point three. The harvest of hope. So you've planted your seeds. You're living in hope. What can you expect? What will the crop of those seeds of hope look like? Well, there are four things we believe. Verse 25 talks about needing patience. So we will deliver, develop patience. That is a harvest of hope. We become passionate. Verse 23 talks about eagerly awaiting. A passion for God arises through a harvest of hope, through those seeds. We get a godly perspective Verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good. We have a godly perspective. And we will have peace. Romans fifteen thirteen. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so to wrap up this morning, a life of hope provides us with security. That whatever our present circumstances, we will have an amazing future in Jesus. We can live a life of expectant, not just believing God can, but God will. And that the harvest of a life lived in the Spirit will give us patience, passion, perspective and a peace that cannot be broken.
But I want to point out this morning, this hope is not something we manufacture for ourselves. This isn't hyping ourselves up. This isn't about willpower. This is about Jesus. This is about the Holy Spirit giving us that hope. Psalm 121. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I want to finish with some words from Psalm 16, verse 5, from the Good News Bible. These are verses that have followed us around, Tammy and I, our entire life almost as we've been together. And it simply says, you, Lord, are all I have and you give me all I need. My future is in your hands. For us in a live, in a live Wyndham, you, Lord, are all we have. And you give us all we need. Our future is in your hands. Joe, if you could just come up and play. Thank you. We want to give you a bit of time, as Joe plays, just to consider that question. Where does my hope come from? So in the quiet, talk to God about where you're at. How do you feel about your future? Is your hope placed on the next job, the next material possession, the next step up the corporate ladder? the next paycheck is your hope in the next partner in that healing or is your hope in Jesus verse that says seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you
So, Father God, all that we are, all that we can be, we place in your hands. And we've tried to live our way. Forgive us. And we fix our eyes on the compost and not on the fruit. Forgive us. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you here. Would you come and sow seeds of hope? Supernatural hope. And would you sow them in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits? Would you help us to fix our eyes on you? We love you, Lord. Thank you that you died on the cross for us.